So, good morning, good morning. Um, we have been starting out this new year um, by trying to do something different. And that is in this um, time of year when a lot of people are taking the opportunity to uh, start new things about themselves, trying to figure out how to fix themselves, um, make themselves um, less poor or skinnier or more organized or something of, of some sort, trying to figure out how can I make myself a better me? That's kind of what a lot of people tend to focus on when it comes to the new year. And so we um, have started at Tapestry the new year by doing the opposite of that. Well, I guess maybe the opposite of that would be how do I make a worse me? We're not going for that. The opposite part that we're doing is we want to make a better me or a better us, um, better me's collectively. Um, we want to do that, but we've talked about the last several weeks about how the way to do that is not to be focusing on us, but that if we want to be a better us, that we need to do something to make the world around us a better us. And so we started with this question um, at the beginning, what, what breaks your heart? And that is, we were talking about when, there's, when you see all of the different news stories and events and you look around what's going on in your neighborhood or in your city, all these things. We have so much access to so much information of things that are going on. There's so much stuff that is coming at us. What of any of that stuff kind of grabs you emotionally? Like, are there any news stories or any problems or issues that you see that you kind of can't just let go of? It's kind of always in the back of your mind and there's something about that issue that stands out above some of the other issues. And as we were thinking about this, well, perhaps that's God's way of, you know, maybe saying, hey, maybe you need to do something here. And so we kind of refined the question a little bit to make it a little easier to answer and change the question to this, what needs done around me? Okay, so there's so many things going on. There's so much, you know, that, that you know, I can't solve everything. I can't fix everything. Some of these problems are so big. And so we're like, okay, well, let's focus it down a little bit. What, what could be done around you? What, what is something that needs done? And maybe something that you can do something about. But again, that seemed kind of big because some of these problems are just, you know, so large and so what. So we narrowed it down even more to kind of help figure out, you know, what it is that you should be doing. We came up with this question. At the end of my life, I would like people to line up and thank me for, what, what fills that blank for you? Well, what is it that when you get towards the end, you want people to come up to you and say, thank you so much for what you did? Thank you so much for investing. Thank you so much for noticing. Because what you did in my life caused my life to change, right? And so, and so as we thought about that, we kind of sat about on that for a week or so, thinking about, okay, what is it? What is it? We came back finally to this just question of just being overwhelmed. Just overwhelmed. Because we really don't have the power individually to solve any of the world's problems, and so what do we do? And we talked last week about this extremely important idea of doing for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So none of you and not us collectively are going to be able to solve the issue of war refugees and we're not going to be able to solve the issue of poverty both either worldwide, nationally, in our city. Heck, we probably can't even solve the issue of poverty on our street. But 
But so many of us allow the idea of the problem being so big and there being so much and so many people that need help that we're like, well, we can't really do anything about it to solve it for everybody. And so we don't do anything. And we kind of let ourselves off the hook. But we talked last week about how, no, that, that's not the approach we should take. We should take the approach of, well, I can't do for everybody, but I can do for one. And I can't change the world, but I can change somebody's world. And even though it may not have an impact that ripples out way far, I can have an impact with somebody somewhere. And so what, what I want to do this morning is... Um, as a church, we have looked at kind of this issue of the things that are going on in the world and all the different problems and issues and places and things that we could be doing. And what we've decided to do as a church is we've decided to do for one community in Ethiopia what we wish we could do for everybody all around the world. And we're a small church. There's not much we can do. There's not many communities that we can affect, but there's one that we can affect. There's one that we can cause some change to. And so we just recently had a team um, that, that went to Ethiopia and their primary objective was to kind of scout out, look at, we have done a project before, they went to check up on that project, how that was going, they're gonna give you a little report on that project, and then to scope out what it is that that community needs next. And they found some things, so I'm gonna invite um, the team up to the, up to the stage, okay, we got Reese, and we have my Kate, and other Kate, and we got Fridawe, all right, and they are going to fill you in on what they discovered and what they experienced. <laughs> I set that up. <laughs> all right, so let's give it up for the Ethiopia team. Good morning. Good morning. Is this okay here? Where do I put this, Brad? Right here? Well, it was like blocking lights. There's just so much when you get up here. It's overwhelming. So uh, I am not his Kate. I am Kate Blair, who just happens to be married to him. And this is, I am not owned by anybody. No, except Jesus. Um, and this is my Fedawik. No, this is Fedawik Blair. Uh, our son, and this is Kate Bailey, and this is Reese Bailey. Um, and we, I want to just introduce the team that went to Ethiopia. We're part of the team. There was another um, Val uh, Camp and her daughter, Maya. And so this is our American team. Um, we have an Ethio-American. Ethio um, Kate, uh, the Baileys and the Blairs have been friends for, uh, I think it's two years now. It feels like it's been a lot longer, but, we, but we've been friends for two years, and we met because um, the Baileys also have an Ethiopian son, um, Oliver, who's not in here. He's back in pre-K, um, and we met because every, when you have um, Ethiopian children, they introduce you to everybody else, and, um, and we became friends, and so we went to, um, um, we have all have a heart for Ethiopia, obviously, and we went this trip, and so we have our Americans that went, but in this picture is Bemnet. She's one of our translators. And the picture before was Sammy, who's our coordinator, and he really just gets everything done for us um, and tolerates me very well. That's his daughter, Abby, with him. And then we also had many, many drivers and many, many pilots. And then this last picture, you'll see Marissa, who has his arm around Kate in this picture, and he is our other translator in the community that we 
we worked with, they speak a different language than Amharic, which is the main language of Ethiopia. So we need kind of two translators helping us. Um, and then in the very back is Dine, and we call him the godfather of Wachuge. He runs the coffee co-op, and so he helps us with, um, he kind of acts as the mayor of the community and helps us. So um, that's the team that went, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Wachuge, and um, we'll get into this a little bit. But before we get into that, because I know many of you are curious and have asked, um, Ferdowick's going to start it off talking about, and he's very excited about this, <laughs> so you, let's get you real up front here. Um, it's okay. Mom will help you. Go ahead. We practice. We're good. Um, and so he's going to talk about this. this. is his first time back in Ethiopia since he was adopted, um, what, about 18 months ago. And so do you still speak Amharic? You can put the microphone up so they can hear you. Do you still speak Amharic? Kind of. Kind of. Can you say hello, welcome to everybody in Amharic? Salam no. <laughs> and so, Fedalik, where did we go before we went to Wachuge to visit the community? Where did we go where do we go visit some people? Lemmy. And where's Lemmy? Is that where? What's what's so important about Lemmy? Uh, uh, I went because I. That's where I was born. Yes, and so we went. Who did we visit in Lemmy? My uncle and uh, and my my mom and dad friend. Your friends and Mama Fatum. Yeah. We did see some. Cool monkeys or some baboons there as well. So that's so. This is these are some just pictures scrolling of Ethiopia. Um, this we also went to uh, Lalabella. And what's in Lalabella for that week? There's some church. Uh, there's like a there's a lot of church like on the ground. Yeah, they're like carved into the ground. And who came <laughs> with us to Lalabella? My uncle. What's your uncle's name? Can you tell everybody? McQuinnett. Yes. And so we went first, we went first and visited Fedawik's family in Lemmy, and I think there's going to be a couple pictures coming of that. And Mama Fatum, who's a neighbor, that's his community, all the friends that came to meet um, us and uh, see Fedawik, and they haven't seen him in a few years. So, and this is a picture of him, and who's in that picture with you? Mama Fatou. Mama Fatou is a, a close neighbor that um, took care of him, and um, she was very excited to see him. He didn't get through the visit without 80,000 kisses, right? <laughs> and they even made him some fur fur, and he enjoyed yeah. that. And that's a picture of his uncle with us in, um, in uh, Lala Bella. So that was a, So did you enjoy going back to Ethiopia? Yes. What was your favorite part? Going to Lamy and and Lalabella. Mm -hmm. And all the fur fur. There's a yeah. food, a traditional food that is made up of injera, which is the bread in Ethi um, bread that they use in Ethiopia. And um, it's kind of a mushy. Oh, that's Lalabella. Is that not gorgeous? See, we're starting this with the with these beautiful pictures, so you'd be like, oh, I need to go. This is how we get you all. Um, and uh, so he uh, he ate every Every single meal he ate for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Yep, clean that plate. 
So, all right. So this was, so that was kind of the beginning of our trip. And typically when we take teams, we end with this part of the trip. Um, but we had a very strict schedule that we had to keep to. And so we, um, we did La Labelle in the beginning. And we also had some other um, Savannians who had an adopted child that met with us there. So we had a big group of Savannians celebrating the new year in La Labelle. So, um, so when we arrived in Wachuge, this is how we were greeted. First, we flew from Wallabella to Deridawa. Um, we spent the night in Deridawa in a hotel. Um, the next day, we got in the car, and we were on our way to Wachuge. Um, <laughs> it was a really um, hard trip because of the bumpy roads, but um, the people there live with it, so we just had to deal with it. Um, <laughs> um, it was a long, hard four to five hours, but we made it. And we got to see those uh, baboons and such on the way. So Deer Dawa is a big city right near Wachuge. Wachuge is up in the mountains, um, and there is no quick way to get there. And so this time, um, previous trip, we took a bus ride from Addis all the way to Wachuge, which was about... Well, they said it would be about eight hours. Um, we ended up breaking it between two days. Um, it, was, uh, it took about 12 to 14 hours, I think, to get there. Um, uh, this time, we, because there's a little bit of civil unrest and we had some children with us, we wanted to make sure we could just fly to safer zones. So we flew um, to Deer Dawa and, like she said, drove there um, and then arrived to that, wonderful, um, to that wonderful greeting. So go ahead. Uh, so once we made it to the school, everyone in the village was crowding around us, including the teachers and the students of the school. Some had probably never seen white people before, so they were scared. <laughs> the children of the school were crowding around the car, singing songs in their language called Aromian. Next, we went to see a couple of classrooms for the ninth and 10th grade. After that, we went to go play some soccer with the kids, and they are very good at soccer. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, that was the first time we'd been back to watch Shuge since we built the school, and that was our previous project with um, Tapestry Loves Ethiopia. We built a uh, secondary school in this region um, that serves thousands of people. There is no secondary school. All schooling stops at eighth grade. So we wanted, that was the most, that was the need at the time, as they said, we really need a secondary school because of this secondary school building that we built. And we chose to build a concrete um, building. We worked with On the Ground, which is a um, fair trade coffee company that invests in the communities that they work with. Um, we chose the concrete school because a lot of the other schools are built with mud. And you might see in some pictures later on some of the, um, some of the original elementary school that was built with mud. And when we were there a couple years ago, it looked pretty good. It does not look very good anymore. It's kind of falling. <laughs> 
to pieces. And so this was um, the first time we had been back. Uh, they were very excited to see us. And like Reese said, um, we were actually the very first when we went in 2015, the very first Ferengis in Ethiopia, they call um, foreigners Ferengis, that we're the very first Ferengis this community has ever seen. That's how remote this community is. And so uh, we, uh, so they were very excited to have us back since they said, since we've been there, the um, USAID has worked a little bit in that area, which is wonderful. And they've had a little more um, foreign investment, which is really great. Um, but they are, uh, but things have changed a bit. And, but the really great thing, so the two, we built four, a four block room, which accommodates the ninth grade. And then the other, um, because we built that and they had such a need for it, the government came in and built a second building. So because of our investments, the government, which typically does not invest into communities with new buildings, went ahead and did that because of the demand. They are now having their second year of school there since we built the school. Um, so this was ninth grade. Um, they had ninth grade, and now they're about to graduate their 10th grade class. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about what happens after that. So, um, yeah. It was really cool to see what our church did before I even got here. Yeah, and so um, so did you really enjoy seeing what um, what parts did you think was really cool? So this is us laying the, there's a foundation that says Tapestry Church and On the Ground create, built these schools. And so this was from our first trip, 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, did you think the buildings were pretty good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were holding up pretty well. Um, some of them were still empty. So they're still, um, even though the government had provided additional buildings, the government has a lot of rural um, poor communities. So they are unable to provide the, the amount of resources necessary. So there were still missing a lot of supplies in some of the rooms. <laughs> um, after we got out of the car, the kids were crowding around us, singing songs about us. We interviewed some of the teachers. They were all men except for one woman. So it was different, and we have some people in the um, crowd that have came, went on our first trip and so met a lot of the, uh, the teachers of the lower school. What was unique about the upper school, it was all men. There was, only, like she said, only one woman teacher, and she spoke, she taught a Romean, so basically the English teacher. Um, and so I love this guy's fro. It was like on par. It was amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, so all the teachers spoke incredible English. That was something that we were really taken back by that we didn't have with the lower school. Um, the reason is, so um, when you graduate from college in Ethiopia, you're assigned where you're going to serve for the first few years, kind of what we have some similar programs, except it's across the board. If you go to a public university, since it's free, you will be assigned in a community. And so all teachers are assigned to these rural communities where they can't get, keep teachers. So most of them stay for about two to four years, and then they leave. They, no one typically stays long in communities because um, of some things we'll talk about in just a minute. <laughs> So Wachuge also has a health center. We organized the medical supplies while they served us coffee. Um, so we toured the medical clinic. It needs a little help, but um, our number one need is water. Um, they have a pretty good system going, but we think we can help a lot. <laughs> we even got to spend the night in the health center on the floor. Um, <laughs> yay. Uh, 
After we finished the tour, touring the medical clinic, Sammy, who was the translator, um, made us a delicious dinner. After everyone finished their dinner, we all got ready for bed. We were very tired. Mostly Kate Bailey. She slept 14 yeah. hours. I don't know. That. I don't know if that was like God's way of telling me I'm supposed to live there. <laughs> but yeah, in that sleeping bag, I slept for 14 hours. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, we assess this medical clinic. And like Reese said, they're already doing such amazing things. I think they run a pretty tight ship. Um, it's very public health oriented. So they track and trend all of their patients, all of their lot, like living patients, deaths, uh, major medical needs. So, um, I don't know, I was really proud of them. They didn't have a laboratory. They had a room that used to be a laboratory um, that they were really asking for help getting the supplies back for that. But as Reese mentioned, the really primary thing is water. So they deliver babies there in this, uh, you know, room with two beds with a bucket at the end of the bed, and they deliver the baby, and there's no water. It's kind of crazy. So, but you know what? They're doing a great job, and they have a very great, um, you know, they, like I said, track and trend their mater maternal fetal death rates, and um, they're keeping a really good close eye on it. They have one ambulance that's only for people that are having a baby. So if you're a trauma patient or severely injured in any way, then you don't get to be in the ambulance. You have to figure out how to get to the local hospital on your own. So that was interesting. Um, but I think we can help them a lot. And, you know, they were very excited to show us what they had already done. And they had all of their data all over the wall. And much like the teachers, the government provides the doctors. So they do three-year rotations. And the guy slept, like, under a sink, basically. And he was really proud of it. So um, amazing. And they spend the night there. And they have a couple of midwives and nurses that also live on campus for three straight years. So, and then they rotate sort of like the same kind of system we have with people that, you know, you can be in rural communities and pay off your student loans or things like that. But so, um, I don't know, it was a very impressive clinic. It was not what I expected, but I think um, water would be a really good start. And um, they still, they were excited to show me the signs that Sarah, and Sarah didn't even remember bringing it, but he was like, please send this to Sarah. She brought some maternity posters from Memorial, where Sarah works, and they still have them from years um, posted on the uh, walls. It says, it says Georgia on it. So she's like, I swear I didn't bring those. So some other Ferengi from Georgia brought it, maybe. <laughs> um, so then, uh, what, what, what happened the next day after we had our nice uh, 12 hours of sleeping on the floor? <laughs> Um, the next morning, we got up and headed for the school. We looked at the elementary school, and it needs a little work, but there's nothing we can't do. <laughs> um, <laughs> After that, we interviewed the top 20 students of the school. The number one student of the school is a girl named, oh gosh, Muster Yee's Meal. Um, Talk about girl power. Uh, <laughs> um, Sammy and some of the other teachers helped translate what the kids were saying. In the school, there are a lot more boys than girls. Which, you know, might be multifactorial because there is no water. So the bathrooms are shared spots where you use the bathroom. So as people enter their adolescent age, it becomes an issue for girls to be there. I mean, that's just one theory, obviously. Um, but like Kate was already kind of mentioning earlier, um, you guys built the secondary school, and these, you know, it's been extremely successful. Um, so students in Wachuga and the surrounding community can now go to ninth and tenth grade. 
So this spring will be the first time that this community will have their students take exams to see if they can get into 11th grade, which puts them on a track to attend college or a technical school and much different from the US, the college and technical school schools are free. But the problem is they have to be away from their families. So a lot of the people that we interviewed, we discovered that that's what their expectation is for the future is that they will work for their families not to go to school. So um, let's see. We interviewed, well, Reese and Maya actually interviewed 20 of the top students to hear their stories. We helped you, right, for a dollar? <laughs> um, so they interviewed these kids and asked them basically what their plans were for the future and, you know, what it is that they wanted. So we learned a lot about their culture and a lot about their community and the challenges that they had. So it was very powerful. Hopefully we can, in future sessions, give you kind of little tidbits of what they said because we did take their pictures and they took great notes. So it was really cool. So one idea that we kind of thought of is maybe we could start a scholarship program for these for these children that are wanting to go to further their education. And you know, it might just be that we need to be pay, helping them pay for their room and board more than we need to pay for their education so that they can still support their families. So um, I don't know, I think we would love to hear some ideas from this group too, because obviously we all have different life experiences and gifts from God that we can use to encourage this community or maybe come up with different plans or ideas. This is just what came to us when we were there. So. Um, I don't know. We were thinking scholarship fund, but, um, you know, and we would love to recruit some other people to kind of help us figure out what we should do with that. And so, um, as she mentioned, there's, so 11th and 12th grade, there is no 11th, 12th grade um, school anywhere that anybody can walk to. So they will legitimately have to go move out of their family's home to go to 11th and 12th grade. So I feel very strongly since we built a secondary school, we can't allow their pathway to education end there so that we can try and come up with solutions as a church um, that might be uh, how, how we can help some of them. Now, some of them, their families will support them as much as they can and will be able to pursue secondary education. They may have family living in other communities that they can stay with. Um, but we took pictures, like they said, and got the information of the top 20 students um, and so that we can um, when, find out if they pass their exams this, uh, this uh, summer and we can talk about how we can support them in the future. Um, so, lastly, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so a while ago, we raised money to buy desks for the school in Huachuque. Well, we were able to buy 41 desks. That is a lot of desks. We could have gotten more desks, but they raised the price. Typical Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we, like uh, we said, we did a fundraiser online. Many of you in this room all helped us with this, and that's what we purchased uh, desks and medical supplies with to bring to the community. Um, and so here's some pictures of our desk. These are new desks. I know they don't look super new to many of you, but this is what they look like after they're new. A lot of time they're using wood from other things. Um, and so uh, they were incredibly excited and these filled the room, uh, the 10th grade, our, the 10th grade um, classrooms. And our kids had some fun with a photo shoot. Um, if you could, can't tell, um, Val, who went with us, she's a photographer. So we got some really great images of uh, Wachuge that we can, be, we can use in a lot of our materials as we um, go down this path of fundraising. After we got the desks in place, we were ready to leave and go back to Deridawa. As we got in the van, all the kids from the school and the people of the village were crowding around us, wishing us a farewell. 
As we drove away, I could still see them waving in the distance. They all are very nice people, and I wish to go back as soon as possible. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, yeah. oh, keep going. Oh. <laughs> uh, we noticed Wachuge has some significant needs, but our number one priority is water. There is no water in the entire community. The well is dry. They also need toilets, desks, technology, and school materials. The most basic, but the most basic and important need is water. We need you to help us get a well for the community of Wachuge. So as you can see, um, all of these water fountains and um, uh, sinks and these, there is literally no water in the community. And this is different than when we were there in 2015. They had a working well, but the well has dried up. So there is no nearby water unless it comes in on a truck. And so they mainly have bottled water. There's not even a good um, like river or anything through the community. They have a very a couple here and there scattered, but if it's not so rainy season, they can they can collect water. But rainy seasons just our summertime is their rainy season, um, and then after that, and then these little shacks here are the toilets. Um, and we stayed at the health center last time we stayed here. We camped. Isaac's laughing. He enjoyed the toilets <laughs> of Ethiopia very well. If any of you want to go on our next trip, which I'll get to. Just maybe try to get on the opposite of trip as Isaac, unless you are perfectly okay with lots of discussions of bowel movements, just as an FYI. It's just somehow this building creates lots of conversation. Um, but we stayed this time at the health center, so I was really excited because I thought we would have better um, bathrooms. We actually, tell, so the team that had went before, this is telling of how bad the bathrooms are at the health center, is that we walked to the school to go to these bathrooms. Um, and these are just holes in the ground, um, so they, they don't have toilets, really. It's just a hole in the ground. And so, and these um, bathrooms have been there uh, for several years, and they're used by both the lower school and the upper school. And like Kate said, one of the main things that you find in, um, in, in global south countries such as um, Ethiopia is that girls, when they hit puberty, part of that is staying home and taking care of children and helping with the home. But the other part of that is that they don't have the necessary um, things to um, be able to function when, um, when their monthly comes. And so we are trying to find ways that we can address those issues. And um, the thing that we went and we sat down with all of the teachers, we sat down with the leadership of the community, we sat down with the health center, and the thing that all of them said is our greatest need is water. Um, and then the second was um, better facilities, bathroom facilities. And then we also had a teacher that's incredibly impressive, if anybody wants to take on this challenge. In the time we were there, he created this incredible grant proposal for a laboratory, for their, um, a chemistry lab. And so he like, had it written incredibly well in English and listed out all of the things that they needed. So if that's anybody that um, might be interested in finding a way to meet some of those needs, we would be, we'd love for you to take that on. And as Kate mentioned, we present all of these things to you because we went as just an arm of tapestry. We went and we saw what we thought and felt, but we need your ideas. We need to know what might move you in this community, what resources you might have, what connections you might have. We started to reach out to many different organizations about how we would improve the well, whether it needs to be dug deeper, whether it needs to be moved. Um, and so we are starting all those conversations with other organizations. Um, hoping that some of them might meet us like on the ground, helped fund portion of it. We believe very, um, very much that we don't come as white saviors to solve their problems. 
We are partnering with this community using the resources that God created, God gave us, and we're using those resources to help meet their needs. And so with the school, the, um, every member of the community in the co-op also put in money for the building of the school because um, we, wanted them to, we wanted to know that this is something that they're invested in. And so that will be a model that we will continue. We also work alongside the, um, we um, work alongside the uh, Ethiopian government to make sure that we are, um, that we are, uh, you guys are laughing so much at me over there. I can't even stay focused. <laughs> Enough of the giggling back in the back. Um, so uh, if you, uh, is, so if you can, um, so we, we work alongside the government, make sure whatever that they're doing, that they're gonna be partnering with us. We're not in competition with the government. We want to make sure that they can help us sustain the work that we do. Um, so everything we do is done with that frame of um, mind, that mind frame of mind. Thank you. Um, I'm I just got over the flu, so anything I say incorrectly in this is because of the flu. That's just so you know. Um, and so I think, uh, lastly, I just want to tell you a little bit about Marissa. So Marissa was a teacher at the lower school that we all just kind of met and fell in love with when we were there. And he, like all teachers um, in those rural communities, once his time was up, he moved to a nearby community that had water and electricity. And so he, um, but he came back and translated and figured out the desks for us. If you've ever tried to buy anything in Ethiopia or um, and again, any kind of global South countries, everything is a challenge. It's constant negotiations and you don't bring a Ferengi with you or the price goes up hard, like really high. So he went and handled all of that for us. But he asked specifically if he could um, send a message back to Tapestry Church. And so there's a video that he asked for me to play for everybody. So here you go. Hi, yes, my name is uh, Maurice Hoagzra from Ethiopia. We love Tapestry uh, Church very, very much because uh, they are doing uh, good things to us as we uh, know our service and change our service. Then you are on a good way and on good right. God bless you. We love you, all of you, all of you. Thank you, thank you. I want to say thank you, especially Kate and the team of Kate is very uh, do with us in uncomfortable place and they are uh, doing and uh, teaching us a lot of uh, things as we love with each other. Then thank you, thank you. I'd like to say thank you. And so that's Marissa, and he is a big fan of Tapestry Church, and actually quite a few members of our team keep in touch with Marissa via Facebook. Um, right now in that region, just a little background on Wachuge, in that region there is some civil unrest. It's one of the largest areas of Ethiopia, but it has the least amount of resources. So they're trying to figure internally what, um, in, with the, working with the government. And so you see a lot, I don't know if anybody remembers back from the Olympics, there was an Ethiopian athlete and um, he, was, uh, he was doing a, I can't remember exactly what the, yes, this, um, this movement, and that's part of this region. And so it's kind of their, um, they're trying to figure out how to work as a um, work with their government. Um, and the government in Ethiopia will often, it's known for um, violating human rights and the way that they shut down social media and the, um, and the uh, press's access to information and getting information out. And so that is also a concern. So when we're in Ethiopia, we have to find workarounds um, the social media. In this region in particular, they'll just shut down the internet. Like it's just shut down, which you don't see in the capital. And so when the, we were there, 
but he still, we got into, when I, he got into the car with us when we picked him up on the way, and he's like, look what I have, and he starts playing. He has a son, Isaac singing from our last trip, still on his phone. Um, he really loves um, Tapestry Church and just really wanted us. Um, and so he really kind of educated us on what the community is going through in that regard. And where we're standing when we did this video is a nearby hospital that um, Kate and I went into to talk to about ways that we could also partner. They don't do much um, work with trauma and um, not much surgery. Really, everything is focused on mother and baby, and that's all. And so trying to expand that. At this hospital, they do get more um, car accidents. It's much more common in bigger cities, but a lot of these regions, there's a lot of um, knife wounds and fighting over uh, land and stuff can cause. And so those tropes are typically with trauma in those um, ways. But you can't ride in the ambulance. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we're trying to figure out other ways. So if that's any of your area of specialty or area that you're interested. And the other thing the health center asked a lot was that um, they really need to do more public health working in the community. Um, so getting out and teaching people about hand washing um, and uh, disease prevention, things of that nature. And so uh, if that is your area of um, you know, specialty. So I think you all can sit down. I think Andy's going to come up and talk about this next portion. Thank you. Weren't they wonderful? I think what I've learned from this whole presentation is that we need to change the name of the church to Team of Kate. <laughs> no, because there's a lot more people. We need more Kates, but you can have a different name. So okay. here is what we are doing this morning and what we are launching. As the, um, as the team discovered... Um, and touched on the, the biggest immediate need that this community has is water. And so we are going to band together as a church, and we can't solve everybody's need for water, but we can solve this community's need for water. And so what we're going to do is we have got these Tapestry Loves Ethiopia cards that are all sitting back on the Get Involved table. And here's what we're asking. We are asking that everybody everybody um, commits to giving a dollar a day for the next year. A dollar a day for the next year. Because as we've looked around um, at some of the, the initial pricing for what, for what wells cost and for what work on wells cost, um, the, the dollar amount that comes up the most is $20,000. And so this is what we're shooting for. Now, because it may be just a little deeper on the existing well, it may come in a little less, so we'll be able to meet some of the other needs. Being Ethiopia, it is probably going to come in a little more. Um, but but when right now, we're going to work off that $20,000 mark. <clears throat> and so we need about, about 55 people to commit to a dollar a day over the next year to meet that. And some of you, $365... <clears throat> um, that's a big deal, and that's going to be a big sacrifice. Some of you can do multiple $365. And so um, I would just ask that as you fill this out, even though we're asking for that, if you can't meet that and that's just too much for you, it's okay. Just do some. And if you can do more than that, do more. But together, I would love for us as a church to be able to, at the end of this year, Say, yeah, we haven't solved all the world's problems, but we made a difference in this one community. And so, can I after, add? I yeah. want to add when we started this campaign and we did this both with Tapestry 
um, tapestry loves Savannah as well. When you make this commitment, the point of making the commitment though is also to give something else up. If you're just giving of your extra, then it's not really a sacrifice. And you think of that story in scripture where it was what that woman gave that was so small that meant way more than someone giving millions. So whether that mean you give up your Starbucks, right, a couple times a month so you can do this, that it's, in, it's important that you feel that you're doing something with what you have and you're giving up of something. So that was, that was the intent. And that's even why I think it still says on the card, I think that less than what we spend on a cup of coffee and reminding ourselves that something that you're going to skip something and you're going to give something up so somebody can have a basic need that we take for granted. Yeah. So when we close, we would like all of you to fill out one of these commitment cards um, to commit to doing this with us and helping us meet this need of getting water back into that community. Um, some of you may be in a position to just write the check today and be done with it. Still, please fill out one of these cards so that we can keep track. And also, we're going to have D or Kate or somebody back. Um, when you fill it out, we'd like to take a picture of you holding up the card because um, we're going to fill up the banner that's in the back um, of Tapestry Loves Ethiopia um, to show just how much of a team effort this is. So, And then ask your friends and family. Last time we did this, we had parents um, sending a picture we had my sister did one. Um, so ask the people that are close to you, people that may not attend tapestry, that might want to commit to something like this. And I'm a professional fundraiser, so this is maybe what I do for a living. But one thing I've learned more than anything is people won't do something unless you ask them to. And so don't make the assumption that somebody wouldn't care about something like this. So ask somebody. Ask somebody that you know that might be willing to give up something so a child in Ethiopia can have water. I mean, come on. Easy sell. I wish I could sell that in my day job. <laughs> yes. So this year, be a better person by making the world a little bit better. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, first of all, um, that you give us the resources to be able to do something like this. And Lord, I pray that as you bring needs across um, our attention, that, Father, we are faithful with the resources that you give us. And that we remain a, a congregation and we remain people who are aware that life is not about us. That we are to demonstrate your love to others. And Father, re redistributing the resources you've entrusted with us to help others and to show your love. Lord, that's a big step. That is a big step. And so Father, as we go this afternoon, I pray that you touch each person's heart as to what they're able to do. And that, Lord, through this church, we are able to change and affect good for this community of Wachuge that we have grown to love. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and for your grace. In your name, amen. Amen. And summer of 2019 will be our next trip to Ethiopia. So also start saving your dime so you can come with us. Yes, pledge cards on the back. Hit I'm it. You're already saving your dime? You turn me off. <laughs>